Hey, you found us. It's the Betting Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman alongside my tag team partner, Matt Story. And Matt, we just had an awesome, hilarious intro and no one's going to get to hear it. Uh, you know, they'll just have to take our word for it. It was really good. There was some laughing about the ringer and how there's another was, Ben Glicksman. Yeah. But I know. Well, we'll save it for another time. You can bring it back. But for now, what we're going to have to do is talk about the Sun Devils and the trip to Texas San Antonio. Yep. Now, Todd Graham has said that he wanted to play games in Texas. ASU recruits heavily in Texas. ASU's not been successful in Texas, and that's that's been a problem. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, uh, you know, and, and uh, you would hope this one is a little bit more attainable than some of the others. Uh, you know, we've, we've, uh, you know, we've gone there and lost to Notre Dame. We've gone there and lost to Texas A&M. This is, this is not either one of those. Um, so this is a chance to kind of knock that, you know, Texas curse. I, I don't know if it's a curse, if there's only a couple, but you know, uh, the, the, the mystique shouldn't be there for this game. It's not quite the same as uh, not winning in California for a decade. It's not. It's not for Dirk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that was that was a long problem, and you played two games a year there. And uh, you know, this one, yeah. You know, the results there haven't been the best, and I'm I'm curious to see how this team will do when they go on the road. Um, you know, they've they've looked uh, well. At least last week, they looked better than I expected at home. Now you kind of got to see if you can take that with you, you know, to play somebody on the road. But this is, it, it's a soft intro to road games. It is a soft intro in that UTSA is one and one. They doubled up Alabama State in their yeah. home opener, twenty six thirteen. But then they lost to Colorado State, who got beaten on right by the Buffs by in the first game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, so you don't look at what they've done and and you know pay it a whole lot of of uh you know concern but the game that i go back to you know and, and i've had you know people mention this you know mention this to people on sunday when we're talking about asu um is is unlv in 2008 that's always the one i hearken back to of uh well that's a guaranteed win and we'll worry about georgia next week and we didn't win that game um so you know as far as i'm concerned nothing's guaranteed till you go out and do it well and this will prevent or uh, present an interesting test for the Devils because not only is it their first road game, Manny's first road game under center, but they're playing in a dome. They're playing on AstroTurf. These are things that you don't really have in the Pac-12. Right, right. And, you know, I, I was looking. It doesn't seem like UTSA sells out the Alamo Dome, but noise could certainly be a factor. And obviously, for as great as the offense looked at home against Texas Tech, you have to think that it's going to be a learning curve to pull off something close to that on the road. Sure, sure. Now, I mean, you're playing a team whose offense, you know, at least so far doesn't even resemble Texas Tech um, and, and shouldn't. Uh, this is a game where we'll find out a little bit more of how, how leaky is this defense and how much of that was maybe just playing a really good offense. Um, because this is, you know, I think they scored 26 against Alabama State. They scored, I think, 14 against Colorado State. Um, so they, they haven't lit up the scoreboard anywhere near the way that, you know, a Texas Tech offense can. And um, this should be a game where your defense can make some plays and, and uh, you know, hopefully force some turnovers and make those numbers look a little bit better than the way they look right now. Colorado State struggled to stop. Colorado in the rivalry game to open the season but against UTSA they had six sacks and a turnover 
Yeah. This feels yeah. like the time where we're going to get to see... Well, it'll be interesting because against NAU, we saw very vanilla defense. Against Texas Tech, we saw a lot of scheming and a lot of trying to compensate for, you know, a pass-happy, hard-to-stop offense. Right. I, I, I My hope is this game is somewhere with a happy medium. A better offense than NAU, a chance to show a little bit of something on defense for the Sun Devils. Right. But without giving up 55 points. Yeah, you would you would certainly hope that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you know, we'll we'll see. Obviously, um, but yeah, you would you would definitely hope that this is a game that that looks a little bit better and uh, you know allows you to to you know work out some kinks because after this, then it's into conference play and there's there's not a lot of let up in those. Um, you know, I mean, even a game like Colorado, which looked like it was you know should be pretty easy, has been pretty easy. I mean, they've. They've started out well. They're two and zero. They beat the same Colorado State team we're talking about. Beat them easily. Um, you know, I, not to say that Colorado looks like world beaters, but you know, it's a road game and they look improved. So that's that's not a gimme game. Yeah, the schedule is going to pick up after this week. This is one of those that you feel like the Devils need to get just to yeah. make just to keep the keep the momentum going. It's it's easy to look past this game, especially after a non-conference schedule that was highlighted by Texas Tech and, and a game that's drawn a ton of media attention with Balazs setting the touchdown record. Right. You would hope that you go into San Antonio, you get this win convincingly, cleanly, and then you move into Pac-12 play. Sure, sure, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the opportunity's all there to, to get your 3-0 and start. And, uh, you know, as I think about it, how many how many years under Graham have we gone undefeated in non-conference? I don't have have well, we any? Well, not not against Notre Dame, not against Texas A and M. Right, we lost to Missouri, didn't we? In in twelve with him. Yeah, or was that twenty ten? I'm getting the years confused. We've had we it, lost the first year. That might have been Illinois. Yeah, that we lost at Illinois because you were at that game, weren't you? I was. I feel like that was Erickson's last year. But when you get Really, when you get back to the pre-10-win seasons for Graham, the yeah. first year, it gets a little blurry. True, <laughs> true. Yeah, I mean, either way, uh, to come out of you know non-conference three and zero hasn't been something we've done regularly. Um, I mean, it'd know, be a, and, it'd be a win over a Power Five team. It'd be a road win. Sure, sure. Yeah, you know, and and it's again. I mean, I you know, I didn't think we'd beat Texas Tech, so it's a chance to to continue to stay one ahead of that pace at least. Um, and and allow you to you know because you recall when we did our game by game there were some games I picked us to win that I I said could very easily go the other way and so you know it, it gives you a chance to drop one of those and still get to that eight and four mark which I think is kind of a kind of a bar I'm setting for this year uh, you know that that people would feel okay about um, you know given all the question marks coming into the year eight and four would would look okay. Yeah, and if you get this win, you have your three, which matches the uh, worst of predictions for people having ASU this season at three and nine. Right, right, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, very true, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, you you, uh, you hope again, you know, I think I said that to you Sunday. You, you certainly hope that, uh, that it'll be better, um, that, you know, that three and nine is not, you know, the, the, the peak um, and that you can really make three and nine look really bad by winning, you know, eight, nine plus games. That'd be great. Um, but yeah, this, you know, you can only win them one at a time and it sure would be nice to have three right off the bat. 
Doing that would also be 3-0 without Salamo Fizo, who was on the preseason watch list, who was supposed to be, you know, he led the team in tackles last year. He's supposed to be the key cog in the defense. And Graham came out this week and announced the suspension continues. Right, um, the, right. The Sun Devils, notoriously under Graham, have been tight-lipped about things like this. No one knows what happened yet. At least no one's leaked it. Yeah. But what is for sure is Fizo's out, and it looks like the Devils will be out christian sam as well yeah probably so uh you know it, it, my interest in that is how long does the christian sam injury go we've we've been down this road with injuries with this team where it's you know oh, i hope he can play this game and four or five six weeks later we're still i mean that was armand perry last year and you know oh, well he might be out this game and then you know god we, we hit week 10 11 12 he was still out um and that's you know that's my biggest concern with christian sam i think we can survive without him in this game it's, you know, how long do we have to survive without him? And, uh, you know, the, the FISO thing is, is a total uncertainty. Um, you know, I mean, who knows? Uh, we, don't, we don't know what caused this. We don't know what's causing it to continue. Um, and we're not going to know. So when he's back, I guess that's good. Um, but until then, it, you know, it's, it's all just guesswork. Yeah, J.J. Wilson, the tight end, who has also been suspended for the first two games, Graham announced is going to be at least active this week, if not getting into the game. Yeah. And that just adds another weapon to the offense that's looked really strong, um, you know, for five straight quarters at this point. Yeah, it has. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what you know, gosh, it was, what, 99 points, um, and, you know, five plus a minute, I guess, if you want to go to the end of that third quarter against NAU, we scored late. Um, you know, so yeah, you know, it doesn't hurt. And we, we haven't seen a whole lot from the tight ends yet. And Cody Cole had the one big catch there last week on the, on one of those touchdown drives in the first half. Um, that's about it, but you know, that we heard some good things about Wilson in the, in the spring and the preseason. And so be nice to see him step in and, you know, just another weapon. Um, you know, it's, it's an offense that's kind of hopefully evolving the way that, I was was hoping it would, and I think, you know, probably the coaching staff was too, that, you know, very multi-dimensional as far as the weapons, maybe not a Jalen Strong kind of guy, but, you know, three, four, five, six different options that you can go to. Look like that on Saturday night, and so hopefully that will continue. Yeah, the the spreading the ball around against Texas Tech after the lack of diversity yeah. in the offense against NAU was yeah. really promising, and you would expect that it would continue against a UTSA team that has played okay on defense but hasn't faced an offense that's rolling the way right. the Sun Devils right. hopefully are. Well, yeah, I mean, I saw Colorado State, I think, only had six pass completions or something like that in that game. At least their starting quarterback did. I, I didn't look at the full box, but, uh, you know, I mean, it, you, you'd hope that our offense is more potent than that. I've Like I said on, on Sunday, you know, I've been very happy with – the way Manny played, especially this past game, he really looked in control. And, you know, I'm curious to see how it'll do away from home. Um, but even accounting for some step back in his play, I still think he should be able to have a lot of success this week, hopefully. This is also a good way to break in a lot of young players with a road game. It, it is. It is. I mean, we've talked about this before with basketball. And, and it's harder to do in football because you only get you only get maybe one non-conference road game, sometimes none, depending on your schedule. But I think it's always good to get one of those out of the way. Just the just the intricacies of travel, not necessarily the you know the crowd noise. That's probably not going to be a huge factor. It will be in other games, but just you know 
where do you stay and what's your routine and how do you do things as a team? And, you know, I mean, there's guys who haven't done this before, guys who haven't done it in the role they're in, coaches who haven't done it with this team. So, you know, it's good. It's good to get away from home and, and get that, you know, those sort of kinks worked out um, so that by the time you go to USC in two weeks, you're not doing that for the very first time. The rest of the conference has been interesting. Stanford looks strong, and we've got Stanford SC this week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be an interesting game. I'm curious to see both ways what quarterbacks take the most snaps. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, you get the feeling with Stanford, at least I did, it reminded me a little bit of, of 2012 Stanford post-Andrew Luck, that, that David Shaw, he's a stubborn coach, and – you know, Burns had a great start to that game two weeks ago. They didn't play last week, but had a great start. Chris came in for a drive. They scored a touchdown. Now, he only threw one pass on the drive. I don't want to give him too much credit. You know, McCaffrey has a big run, and they score. We never see him again. And Burns didn't set it on fire in the second half. The, the offense kind of labored with him. And, um, but that's, that's David Shaw. He sticks to his guns, and I think he's going to stick with Burns. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, until he's until his hand, if it's forced, maybe it won't be, um, like it was in 2012 when he had to go to Hogan, basically. Um, but uh, USC is up for grabs. I, I think they're going to play both, and you know, just kind of see if one separates themselves, a la what happened with Notre Dame. It seems like Clay Helton needs something to go right this game. Not not that he's on the hot seat or that he, you know, they're in jeopardy <laughs> no, of firing him. No, but. but- he just needs he needs a break because the beat down at the hands of Alabama and then oh, yeah. a, a fine win in week two, but you know not it's certainly nothing well, special so far. Well, and it came with controversy. You have the you know the player getting thrown out of the game for pushing the official as he's after he's getting in a fight with the opponent, and you know, and and then you go back to the fact they they were beaten in the bowl game, they were blown out by uh, you know um, by uh, Stanford in the Pac-12 title game last year. So I mean. You know, since Helton's been named the permanent coach, they're one and three, and that one win is Utah State. He needs a he needs a big win. You know, I mean, you're right. I, not to say he's going to get fired if they lose this game, um, but you know, a, a good solid win against a legit opponent would go a long way for him. Yeah, the you know, the USC team is becoming more and more confusing to me because uh, you see the talent. The talent's there. Yeah. But the discipline yeah. seems to be fading. I mean, you mentioned the incident with the shoving of the official. Right. There, there's, you know, I, not to be the body language guy, but it seems like there's there was a lot of frustration in that Alabama game, and rightly so. Oh, they yeah. were getting, you know, they were getting it handed to them pretty yeah, good by the Crimson yeah. Tide. But and and I think there's there's that, but I think in some ways it's kind of a chicken and egg thing in that they were getting it handed to them because it seemed like they quit when they were down seventeen three. And, and I'm not saying they were going to come back and win that game. Alabama's really good, and they got a great defense. and uh, you know. But they seemed to just – it was like they had a little burst at the start, and once things went bad, they just quit. And, and that's the thing that's been a problem for them you know, recently um, is just the inconsistency. You know, one game you'll watch them, you'll think, boy, this, they got it figured out. They got a core. They're going to be good. They, you know, USC's back. And then the next time you see them, like, well, no, maybe not. And, you know, so even if they win this game, I'm not necessarily going to buy into it until I can see it consistently. Well, and the one thing that's been plaguing USC is, you know, it's great to have the best recruits and it's great to have the most talented players. Mm-hmm. 
But if you don't have anybody who's been in adversity and come back from it, right. it's tough. Right. And, and not to say that there isn't a player on the USC team who's been through adverse situations on and off the field. But, sure. you know, when you're used to trotting out and being the most talented guy, the fastest guy, the mm-hmm. strongest guy, and then you get hit in the mouth, it takes a little, it, you know, it, it's a real it, test of your mettle, whether you can does. come back. It does. And, and, you know, a lot of that, I, I do think that comes from the top. I mean, you know, you're right. I'm sure a lot of the players have individually faced that, but it's it's a program identity type of thing, and they haven't had it for quite a while. I mean, it, you know, we're really we're dipping back to 2008 from the last time USC looked like a tough, really good team, and that was Mark Sanchez and Clay Matthews and Brian Cushing and Ray Malaluga. You know, th- those guys have been in the NFL for a long time. I mean, so it's been a while since we've seen that sort of identity from USC and uh, you know, we keep waiting for it, but, uh, you know, I haven't seen it yet this year. We'll see. Yeah. And that'll be an interesting showdown for the devils when they travel out there. It will. Yeah. I mean, they get them, you know, this is, this is, we talked about this preseason. Now they go to Stanford and Utah back to back. And certainly if they play the way they played against Alabama, they're going to be coming in that game one and three. Um, we'll see, you know, obviously, like I said, they're very inconsistent. They could come out and beat Stanford and I wouldn't be stunned. Um, but you know, yeah, that'll, that'll be interesting to see where USC is at going into that game kind of, you know, record wise, but also just their mental state. Yeah. For ASU, I think with the coaching staff and the discipline Graham's instilled, you know, where they'll be mentally record wise, they'll still of course be an open question. Oh, I, no, I mean USC. I'm sorry. No, I, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm just comparing. I think okay. I trust okay. I, I trust Graham to have his team, regardless of record, mentally ready to play more than sure. Helton. Sure, and, and, you know, I will be – I'll be honest. I'll be disappointed if we're going into that game and we're not 4-0, given where we are. I mean, if you could beat Texas Tech, you should be able to beat Texas San Antonio and Cal. Um, now that – you know, it doesn't, it doesn't guarantee it, but it should. Yeah, and you would expect – that if we're there, they will, you know, and we're undefeated going in, that they'll raise their game. However, sure, sure, you know, sort of piggybacking on the idea that they haven't had a lot of, you know, when you have a lot of talented guys who are used to winning in high school all the time, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see how they respond if they are, you know, one in three. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's you know, that's the that's the curious thing. Do you start, do you start seeing guys playing for themselves, playing for their draft positions, um, you know? looking for more snaps, more balls their way, that type of thing. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, you know, we've, we've talked about this over the years. The Pac-12 is better off when USC is good. Um, the, you know, it's just that the national perception of the conference, it means something when you play them. So I want to see them be good. Um, but I just, I don't know if this is the, the right core, and I mean coaches and players, to make that happen. There's some very talented players. But I just, you know, what I saw against Alabama was a huge red flag to me that they just, they gave up on that game. They were going to get beat, but at least come out and compete for the game in the second half. Yeah, it's it's how you get beat at yeah, that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you, look, you know, teams have looked bad early in the year. I mean, uh, you know, we discussed that other, you know, Ohio State two years ago, they got beat at home by Virginia Tech, but they didn't quit on the game. They looked bad. They struggled. They're off, you know, Barrett had some turnovers and, you know, that's one thing. But to look like you're just sort of going through the motions in the second half of your season opener, it's like, man, you know, what what happens then? Like I said, what happens if you go one and three and your Pac-12 dreams are almost dashed before you hit October? 
do you just quit on the season? Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what they're made of going forward, I guess. Before we get too far away from the UTSA game, we got to make sure we get our picks in. True. Yes, we'll do that. Do we do that now? I think we should. I, okay. So I've been looking at the box scores, and by that I mean right before we got on this call, I <laughs> looked at the box scores of their first two games. All right. I, I, the UTSA offense is not scary to me. No, no, and, it's not. And our offense is playing well. So where I come down is I think it's going to be not very close – Something in the neighborhood of thirty-eight to sixteen. Yeah, I'm 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 in that same ballpark. I, I don't think it'll be close when it's all said and done. I uh, my my I guess my only fear here is that you know you kind of start out sluggish. It'd be nice to come out and and you know put it on them real quick. And we've seen that in some you know I remember the Colorado game. I think uh, it's two years ago it was the game Kelly ended up getting hurt. We came out and it was just boom, boom, boom. You know, like three touchdowns on the first three drives on the road, and and you know, even though they kind of made it a game late with Kelly getting hurt, we kind of had control of that game right away. That's what I'd love to see in this: is just come out, put it on them, be up by twenty-one at the end of the first, and move on. My fear is it'll be a little uglier to start, but sort of like NAU will pull away in the second half, and I'll say uh, I'll say forty-five to seventeen. Do you think Brady White or Nick Ralston gets in, or do they keep their perfect one play, one touchdown? <laughs> I would hope. I would hope it's a game you can get Brady White some some snaps, and you know more than one 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 series, even uh, definitely more than one play, because you never know. I mean, you know, Manny's look good, and I I stand by what I said on Saturday night and Sunday that you know Manny's proven he should have the job, uh, but you never you know he get hurt. Uh, you know, and, and you got to be prepared. I mean, to reference that Colorado game, we felt real good. Taylor Kelly's rolling. Everything's great. All of a sudden he's hurt. Berkovici's in and, uh, you know, now what? Um, now he kept it together fairly well that season. And, you know, you might need Brady White to do that too. It's going to be important, I think, to get Brady White into this game and to have him lead a series as if we were trying, like, that we needed. Not, not yeah. that I want him in the game in a situation where we need to score, because that would mean something happened to Manny. Right, but, exactly. But yeah. I'd like him to play it as if we needed the score. Yeah, and, and I mean, throw on be, third down, mix it agreed. up. Agreed. Agreed. It would be nice to get him in in the fourth quarter with enough time where you know where you're not just handing off every snap. You know, if you put him in with four minutes left, you're pretty much just running the time if you got a lead and all that. You know. It'd be nice if you've got a big enough lead at the end of three that you say, okay, fourth quarter's yours. We're going to play this like, you know, like we're playing to win. Maybe we're not throwing on first to ten, but, you know, we're, we're going to throw, we're going to play, and we're not just going to hand it off three times and punt. We want you to go out there and move the offense. Yeah. It also, you want this to be the kind of game where you get up early and you can protect guys. It'd be yeah. great if Demario Richard and Kalen Bellage you know, finished with whatever touches they need and the game's sure. pretty much salted away by the third end of the third by early. Yeah. Yeah. agree. Cause it's, you know, there's not, there's not a lot of let up in the schedule for a while. I mean, we play every week through the end of October, if I'm not mistaken, our, our bye week is the first week in November. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, this is, this is a game to, to hopefully not take a, you know, tomorrow Richard hopefully doesn't need to carry it 30 times. Uh, you know, we needed that against Texas tech and he did it. But you also want him to be, you know, as fresh as possible for the gauntlet coming up. Cal, USC, UCLA, 
Colorado, uh, Washington State, Oregon. I mean, six weeks in a row of playing every Saturday, and you know, it's gonna gonna be tough on those guys. Yeah, and and you know the coaching staff is aware of that, and and Richard's workload while not concerning in a vacuum that he had 30 carries in this specific game, you, you certainly don't, ex- you don't want, and you don't expect him to take that kind of pounding on the turf. In Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. 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 You know, so yeah, I mean, hopefully this is a game where you can get out with, you know, each back carrying it about maybe 10, 15 times at most, um, you know, get a lead and, you know, protect Manny Wilkins, protect the two backs and the, that's our. Those are our money makers this year. Those two running backs, Manny Wilkins had is solid, and he look, he's looked good. And you know the receivers have been better than I thought. But it's it's those two guys that are going to carry us. You know, if, if they're going, everything else becomes easier. If one of them gets hurt or both of them get hurt, then it becomes a big struggle. Yeah, and on the flip side, you would hope the defense can get some run and and do some things. Force some yeah. turnovers. Uh, you know the two Gumpay's picks are still the only two turnovers yeah. of the season. You'd yeah. like you'd like to see more of that. And ideally, if the corners could do something in the passing game to to lock it down uh, after uh, you know, not that anyone expected them to stop Texas Tech. Nobody did. Sure. But if you can lock it down but, this game when when people do expect you to, and show right, yeah, right. Texas Tech's just a team that's going to throw on everybody. It's not an ASU thing. It's an everyone thing. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that to me is the biggest the biggest thing, and and what I want to see out of this game is, you know, if you see the same coverage mistakes and big plays allowed in this game, then it really becomes like, boy, do we have you know, do we have flaws that cannot be fixed this year? Because it, you know, if you can't if you can't slow this passing offense down, who are you going to? When the next week you're playing another air raid team, and the week after that you're playing USC with you know. Juju Smith-Schuster, who's probably a first-round pick at wide receiver, and some other very talented guys. Then you got UCLA with Rosen. Then two weeks after that, you got Washington State, another air raid team. I mean, you know, like it, it doesn't get any easier than this one. I think what's going to be key, and it, and it could have been a key to, as Graham said, you know, it could have been a blowout against Texas Tech if we made our tackles. Sure. You want to see good tackling. That is something that – yeah, has been yeah, yeah. plaguing this team this season, and and most Graham teams are pretty sure tackling teams. They have been, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's you know that goes along with the giving up the big plays. I mean, it's it's somewhat the coverage bust that it's somewhat letting a five yard screen pass turn into a seventy five yard touchdown, which we did. Um, you know, and and there were look, there were some plays in that Texas Tech game where you just you know you shake your head and you say, man, that's a great quarterback. It's a great offense. You know. They, they deserved it. And then there were some plays where you think, what are you doing? How do you let that guy get that many yards after catch? How do you how do you leave a guy wide open on fourth and two? Those are the mistakes that, you know, I'd like to see get down to zero by the end of by this game. You know, like don't don't have those mistakes at all. Yeah. Ideally, we won't see the QB punt, but a defensive <laughs> first half timeout is always in the offing. Almost, uh, almost a sure thing. Yeah, <laughs> especially on the road. Uh, you know, yeah, I think you could pretty much take that to the bank. Well, that's going to wrap up our preview for the UTSA game, and maybe a little too much on USC Stanford. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. There's some good games this week, so we needed to touch on that a yeah. little. Besides that game, what other games, Matt, do we need to touch on? Well, I mean. Right off the bat, first first games of the day, Florida State-Louisville, I think, might be the best game of the day. Uh, there's some other good ones, but that's one I can't wait to watch. 
Well, that's going to be a hell of a quarterback battle. Yes, it will. <laughs> and I know you're all about it because you love Florida State quarterbacks and your Heisman pick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Lamar Jackson is getting getting a lot of love, and I, I, uh, you know, it's it's early yet. I, you know, I went through this with Geno Smith. I picked him a few years ago, and you know, after six weeks, it looked great, and then after twelve weeks, it didn't look so great. So, I don't want to toot my own horn too much, but he looks pretty darn good. Well, I mean, what did he rush for four touchdowns and a couple hundred yards in addition yeah. to what he passed for last week? That's, yeah, that's I mean, not was, bad for was, a Louisville was, victory over Syracuse. I know. I mean, one yard away from 400, 200, he would have been the first guy ever to do that. They should have, they should have made sure he got that extra yard somehow. But, uh, yeah, yeah, he was pretty electric. I mean, first play, he throws a long touchdown. And then the third drive, first play of that drive, he runs for a 75-yard touchdown. I mean, the guy is, is pretty dynamic, and they're, they're letting him – I mean, you know, Petrino's not running the same offense he used to. He's letting him do things and, you know, you combine the two, and it's a pretty pretty tough thing to stop. And uh, at home, uh, Florida State's going to be in for a real challenge. It'll be an interesting game. Now, on the flip side, Florida State's still sticking with their freshman quarterback. How is, you know, what's your assessment of him through the first start of the season? Well, I think he's been great. I mean, he's, you know, he uh, had a bumpy start there in the first half there against Ole Miss. Kind of to be expected, you know. It's, it was his first start, big game. Um, you know, it had had some nerves, I'm sure, but he, he settled down. It was great in that second half, and you know, he gives them uh, an ability that none of their order, other quarterbacks do. I mean, Sean McGuire is a he's a steady veteran guy, and if he had won the job, they could have been good with Sean McGuire, relying on some other pieces. But McGuire's probably not going to win you games. DeAndre Francois can win you a game. He can go out and make all the plays, running and throwing to win the game and he might have to do that this week yeah i mean you would definitely suspect that 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 game's gonna turn into a shootout yeah i mean you know both teams have good defenses but the offenses are so good and the way football's geared toward the offense now especially college ball um you know it's it's gonna be hard for either defense to dominate that game but you know if if this was a night game i would go with louisville for sure because i think the crowd would be a big factor it's interesting to me that it's a noon kick. Um, kind of disappointed in some ways. I think it should be a night game, but uh, it'll still be a fun one to watch. In the next time slot, you got Alabama at Ole Miss, which should be, you know, for me as a Nick Saban person, should be an easy game. But Ole Miss it seems to have had Alabama's number. They, they have, yeah, yeah. I mean, two in a row. I, you know, I don't, I don't know how many teams, if if any, have. Uh, have beaten Nick Saban three straight years, you know, either at LSU, Michigan State, or Alabama. Probably not very many. So they have an opportunity to to do something pretty rare. For me, I, I still think that Alabama is going to take the game, but not it, the least of which being uh, no one beats Nick Saban three times in a row. I think that uh, the world sort of operates on fundamental truths. It revolves around <laughs> the sun. The sun sets, you know, in the same <laughs> yeah. place every day. And yeah. Nick Saban yeah. doesn't get beat three times by the same team. Uh, well, and that's that's certainly possible. Uh, you know, I, I, it'd be it's hard for me to argue that. Um, you know, I, I I think they'll win. It's it's at Ole Miss, which obviously, you know, I think gives them more of a chance. Um, what they're going to need is Chad Kelly from the first half on Labor Day to play the whole game. Because on the first half, if you watched him play, you thought, man, this guy could be the number one pick in the draft. He's, he's electric. He's, he can throw. He can make any throw. 
He's got mobility. He can make plays on the run. He can, you know, the fast tempo. And then the second half, you saw the bad Chad Kelly, the turnovers, the sacks, the throws you shouldn't make. Um, if they get the Chad Kelly from the first half against Florida State for 60 minutes, they can win. But, you know, he just uh, he, he gives you a little bit too much downside, too, to, to make me feel too confident. And then later on, you've got uh, Michigan State, Notre Dame, which, yeah, you know, Deshaun Kaiser so far this year, seven touchdowns to one interception. He's taken the job over. He's run away with it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's his for sure. I mean, barring injury, he's the guy the rest of the year, I think. They're averaging 404, over 440 yards of total offense right now through yeah. two games. That That's good. You can win some games if oh, you yeah. average over 400 now, I, yards. I would expect that number to come down against Michigan State. I mean, you know, you know what you're going to get from a Mark D'Antonio team every year. They play good defense. They can run the ball. Uh, they usually have a quarterback who's, who's you know, a competent uh, manager of the game who can make plays when they matter most. I mean, this is the identity he's built there, and that's why he's had the success he's had. Um, you know, so that's that's going to be a tough game. Um, you know, it's it's a must-win probably for Notre Dame if they harbor any playoff hopes. The, a two-loss team might get into the playoff, but it's hard to lose two early and, and then be perfect the rest of the way. That's, you know, that's a tough recipe, and, um, you know, it's at home. They need this one. But, you know, Michigan State's obviously got a tough Big Ten so they need it too. Uh, you know, it's it's going to be a really good one. Well, on Notre Dame, they play a tough schedule. You know, always consistently one of the toughest in the country. But the downside of being an independent in the modern college football is there's no conference championship game. There's right. no final right. exclamation point on the season for them. Right. There's there's not a chance to have a flourish at the end. And you know, depending on honestly, you know, the Pac-12. Because um, they always end with either either USC or Stanford, they have a little bit of that chance. This year, it's USC, based on what we already talked about with SC, and you know, not not seeming like they're going to be a top notch team at the end of the year. Now, maybe they'll prove me wrong. Um, you know, they're not probably going to get that opportunity. Their toughest games are right now. They they lost to Texas, Michigan State, Stanford in October. Those are their chances to really prove themselves, and this this is a game they need to have. Speaking of teams that need to have their game this weekend, Oklahoma taking yeah. on Ohio State. Oklahoma lost their opener to Houston. You know, they pounded Louisiana Monroe, which who cares? Yeah, yeah. If they drop this, they're in the same boat as Notre Dame. They've got two losses before yeah. they get into the, you know before they get into October. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes it very hard. Now they, they do obviously have the conference that they could get through, but, you know, the Big 12 has, has had a struggle so far, and – you know, how much will that resonate in November and December? I don't know. Um, but it hasn't looked like a particularly strong conference, out of conference at least. So, you know, if Oklahoma, let's say they lose and they run through the Big 12 undefeated, is that enough? I mean, it kind of depends on what other teams do, but I would guess not. You know, I'm not sure 10-2 and two and 9-0 and and oh in the Big 12 will be enough. Meanwhile, on the flip side, Ohio State, had, this is their first real test of the season, but in their, their opening game, they crushed Bowling yeah. Green 77-10. to 10. Then they come out last week and just destroy Tulsa 48-3. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that offense is rolling, and that they defense been, has been they, stout yeah. or, or at least untested. Sure, sure. I mean, it, it, you know, it's a little of both, I think. I mean, I think I read they have three defensive touchdowns in the first two games. Um, their offense is kind of – 
been a little sluggish out of the gate both games and then got rolling. Now the, the last game, I know there was some weather there and that, you know, affected the offense, I think, a little bit. Um, so, it, you know, it's hard to it's hard to know for sure, um, you know, what what the deal is with them. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think they're, uh, you know, Barrett's really good. And, and uh, you know, it's it's his show now, obviously. There's no more Braxton Miller. There's no more Cardale Jones. It's his, it's his team to run. And I think, you know, to me, I think they'll win this game. I think it's at Oklahoma, right? Yeah. I, I, I mean, if it was at Ohio State, I wouldn't hesitate. I, I just think, uh, you know, what I, what I see and, you know, knowing what a coach Urban Meyer is, it's hard to pick against him. He's up there in the Nick Saban class. Don't really like him, but he's a great coach. <laughs> so he's so, a lot like Nick Saban for you. Yeah, very <laughs> much, very much. But, you know, I mean, he's proven it time and again. And, uh, I, you know, I, I don't have them winning the Big Ten. I'm still sticking with Michigan from what I've seen with them. Nothing has, has swayed me off of that. But, you know, Ohio State, they did lose a ton from last year, but they also have great players to step right in. It's kind of kind of like Alabama. They lose guys and they just have more blue chips right behind them to come through. It's a reload, not a rebuild. Basically, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they still and, – and, you know, Barrett, I think, has been, you know, the driving force on that offense. And, and probably if he had started all last year, maybe they would have made the playoff again. I think it was the the back and forth that really kind of set them back. And he's he's just a really good player, um, you know, one of one of the better quarterbacks, I think, in the country. And and uh, I, I trust him to win this game. And you mentioned the touchdowns. Ohio State's defense has scored. Talking about their secondary with the turnovers they've forced, between Malik Hooker and Marshawn Lattimore, they've got five picks in two games. Yeah. You know, Oklahoma's going to put the ball up, and unlike most teams, if you're Ohio State, if the ball hits your defensive back in the hands, you feel pretty confident he's going to hang on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll it'll be a tough test for them going on the road, obviously, but, uh, I, you know, I, I like them to, to pull this one off. Me too. Uh, you know, Oklahoma will have a big crowd and a good crowd, but, you know, Ohio State's a championship caliber team and championship caliber teams win tough road games. Agreed. Agreed. And, and, yeah. and when yeah. you when you go into Michigan every other year, you're not intimidated yeah. by big hostile crowds. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, it'll be a fun game to watch and, and uh, you know, that the night block has – has some good ones. We already talked about Michigan State, Notre Dame, USC, Stanford. I think Texas, Cal on that list as well. A late one in Cal. So um, there's some fun games this week, and that'll that I think will be one of the best. All right, you want to you want to wrap up on a lightning round of picking games? Sure. All right. So Alabama, Ole Miss. I've got Alabama. I do too. Oregon, Nebraska at Nebraska. I'm going to take Nebraska. Overall. I think I am too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't I haven't seen Oregon play yet this year. I've obviously I've seen their scores, but that's it. Uh, but yeah, I think I'm gonna you know just home field basically, and and not being super confident in Oregon. All right, Texas A and M at Auburn to open the SEC schedule. I'll go Texas A and M. Auburn's offense is just too sluggish for me. I'm gonna take Auburn. I think it's okay. I I just feel like. They're gonna ha- they're gonna beat somebody, and why not yeah, Texas A and M? Yeah, I mean that that one's a, a tricky one because I, I don't I still don't trust A and M to come out and do it every week, but uh, I'm I'm less confident in Auburn, I guess. LSU Mississippi State, I think it's a route, and I think it's worse if Fournette plays. <laughs> uh, yeah, I boy, LSU's offense is just so untrustworthy that it's hard for me to say route. I'll pick them to win. 
based on, you know, Mississippi State obviously lost to South Alabama. And they did bounce back and beat South Carolina last week. But um, I'll go LSU, but I still don't think they figured out. I mean, I, the Harris got benched last week, so I guess they're going to go with Danny Etling. Um, but I don't know that it matters. They, you know, they, that offense is just not very good. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I, I love Dan Mullen. I think he's unquestionably done a great job at Mississippi State. But oh, I, yeah. I think at LSU, it's it's an LSU win. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's hard to pick against them. They won there two years ago, but they had Dak Prescott. They don't have Dak Prescott anymore, so I, I, can't, I can't be too confident. Uh, Notre Dame, Michigan State, who, who did you take? Uh, I'm going to, I'll pick Notre Dame. I mean, uh, you know, it's not one that I make with a ton of confidence, but you know, I, I picked them to make the playoff and that, that dream is still alive, albeit not as strong as I hoped. Uh, so I'll stick with it. I'm going to take Notre Dame as well. They're at home. That's, that's the difference for me. Yeah. And then, uh, Texas Cal. I'm going to go Texas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, their their offense has been good. Um, it looks like it's finally got a pulse, maybe for the first time since since Colt McCoy was was roaming the sidelines there. And uh, uh, you know, they're they're going to have some ups and downs. I don't think they're really a top ten team or, or whatever they're ranked, but I, I you know I, I don't think Cal's that good. So I'm going to take Texas. I've got Texas too. Matt, is there anything we haven't talked about that we need to? Well, who's your okay? We picked Ohio State. Who's your Florida State Louisville pick? We didn't make that pick. Ooh, good, good point. I'm going to take Florida State. I think that okay. you know, I think that it's going to be a shootout. I know both defenses are good, but and they say good defense best a good offense. But yeah. these are great offenses. I think it's a they shootout, are. but I'm taking Florida State on the road. All right, I'm going to take Louisville. I think uh, I think the ACC might my. my thought is they're gonna they're gonna each beat each other but those three teams i think louisville will win this one at home i think clemson will beat louisville at clemson and i think florida state will beat clemson and then you'll have a you'll have a big circus to try to figure out who the best team is among those three it's what makes college football great you never know what's gonna yeah i mean i think all three teams are good clemson's scaring me a little with their struggles but i still think they'll figure it out there's just too much talent there for them not to, I think, uh, you know, I mean, they, they remind me a little of Ohio State last year, who never quite figured it out until the last two weeks, but still had, you know, a 12 and one record when it was all said and done. So for not figuring it out, they, they did OK for themselves. Yeah, it's one of those things where until they figured it out, they've got enough talent, you know, that they'll be able to compete with and stay in with pretty much everybody. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, you hope that they look better by. October 1st, because that's when Louisville comes there. And if they don't look better than they have so far, Louisville could beat them in Clemson. But it's just hard for me to believe they won't They won't get things straightened out. And with that, he's Matt. I'm Ben. This was the Ben and Matt Sportscast.